0: Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I'm joined by Derek. Hello, everybody. And Garrett. Hey, everyone. And uh, tonight we're talking about uh, what we really enjoy in EPSIC stages and perhaps a little bit of what we don't enjoy. Uh, this is not a discussion on specific stages we've shot necessarily, though I guess some of that might come out at some point. Uh, this is more a discussion of uh, what we find to be a good balance in a stage of power, speed, accuracy, and an actual skills test uh, for the shooter. So, uh, T, do you want to lead us in on this one?
1: Well, I think before we do that, we we have two shout outs that uh, we discussed that we need to make before we get into the body of the show. One was to our buddy Christian van der Volt, who we would like to thank for sharing every episode of the
2: show quicker than we can. Um, and to jump in, I would also like to say thank you for all of the five-star ratings. He's, he's a rated, legend.
0: He's rated he's like the... every single episode. And I know because I get emailed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so he is part of the club. Well done, Christian. Um, and then the other one is to Shal Buerta, who also, I believe, has rated a whole lot of shows. Um, and Legendary. Charles shot his first match with us a week ago. Did a bloody good job for his first match. Seemed to enjoy it. Seemed to understand where some of the zing of this whole game comes from. So good job, Charles. And uh, we uh, look forward to seeing you on the range again soon. He was also able
0: to like stick it out and not leave. I mean, because being his very first match and being squatted with the three of us,
1: um, I mean... He was lucky lucky I was there for sort of normality and... (laughs)
0: I was about to say it must have been like an awesome overload and uh (laughs) (laughs) just just too much I've got to leave. (laughs) He he did a great job. Uh, I think he Hmm. shot
1: 88% 88 of the score. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think he shot 88% of the available score. He he shot really good score. Yeah, he did. Um,
0: And this was not an easy match in terms of shooting score. Um, We had some we had some targets at great distance. uh, Some with some challenging
1: no-shoots. It's it's and pretty most, good going. And most importantly, there wasn't a single moment where we looked at this dude and went, oh, where is that gun going? Um, so you Not know, we, we talk about when you do your first match, no one cares about anything except that you're safe and you help. Well, he was very safe and he helped. Uh, so, yeah, good job, Joel. I hope to see you again soon. Definitely. Um, <laughs> there might even be a little prez in it for you too, if you're very, very good. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> we thought, what we would chat about today—a um, quick break from the interviews before we jump into a whole lot more in the next couple of weeks—is as as Corn said, what what we enjoy in a stage. And 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 to get this started, before before anyone gets their panties in the bunch and gets hurt, none of this is directed at a particular club. Um, none of this is a oh, I went to so and so and I didn't like this. Um, and if you think it is, maybe you need a little bit of introspection and and maybe you are doing something weird. Um, None of this is a bitch about the people who make the effort to build stages. Um, So also, like, fuck off with that shit if you're going to do the whole, oh, well, then build it yourself. It's about as hard to build a a good stage as it is to build a bad stage, especially when you see what we're going to discuss. I I assume we actually haven't really discussed as much amongst ourselves. Um, but yeah, this is just us basically talking shit like we do about what we like, what we like in a stage. And it partially, what you know, it's something we've discussed from time to time quite often. We finish up a match and go, we really like that, or, or you know, this wasn't our favourite stage, or this match looked good because of X, that match looked less good because of Y. Um, and then, funnily enough, on Saturday, uh, while he was shooting with us. Joel asked us a question pretty much along these lines about what what we what we like in a stage uh, or something very, very close to that. So, so we decided to do this. Um, and I think this is also something I know for myself, I don't know about for, the, for you two, that has evolved the more I've shot. So when I started shooting the game, all I wanted to do was shoot 32-round long stage. That was the best thing in the world ever and i kind of gritted my teeth through, sh- through short and medium courses um because i was i was there to shoot 32 round stages cuz cuz that was you know the most amount of fun that the rule book allowed in one stage and i know for myself now i i enjoy a good a good 32 round stage but what i really enjoy the thing that brings me the most joy is like a nice three position 12 round stage you know because there's there's no room for error, you know. Thirty-two round stage, you, you errors, you know, especially sort of non-scored errors will hurt you a little bit less. Um, whereas in a on a you know like a, a twelve round stage where you're shooting in three different positions, uh, a non-scored error can can dramatically start biting into your uh, into your head factor. Um, and a good medium course, especially if it, it, and it doesn't need to be like a twenty-four round medium course, you know, like a you can do amazing things with like a 16 round stage that, especially with so many guys shooting production and production optics, uh, where you've got some tough choices to make. You guys?
0: So, when I started, and this may have been because of where I started, um, I really enjoyed shooting high hit factor, I think is, is the way to put this. I didn't enjoy shooting what I would now consider to be a good. Balanced hit factor stage. So, like eights and nines were fun, um, but like three and a halfs weren't fun. And if we're being brutally honest, the reason three and a half hit factor stages weren't fun is because I lacked the skill to shoot a three and a half hit factor stage at a three and a half factor. Um, so, when we were shooting eight or nine hit factor stages, I could do a five or six. And it made you feel good. But when we were shooting like three and a half head factor stages, you now have uh, more movement involved. Typically, you have greater target difficulty. Um, you typically have greater target distance. You have more, uh, more more no shoot targets. There's a lot more skill that you need to be consistent on and very precise on in order to to shoot the the, the sort of head factor that stage is. So what happens is you shoot a one. On a three and a half hit factor stage, because you eat a bunch of mics, or you miss a position, or you miss a reload, or um, but as time's gone by, um, I've started to enjoy sort of three to three and a half hit factor stages a lot more because they test things that are important to shooting skill better than an eight or a nine or a ten hit factor stage does, and I think probably better than like a two hit factor stage does, where you've got you know very few points available and a lot of time yeah i I think i'm in agreement with you it's 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 evolved the, the opposite way to yours but i think we're probably meeting in a similar place in the middle
2: yeah on my side i don't particularly remember having any preference when it came to round counts on a stage or something like that apart from the fact that i wanted to shoot the stage um Nothing really stands out from that side. But when I started looking at it and and I started actually doing stage designs in that for clubs and and league shoots, um, I started to get a better appreciation for a good technical, challenging medium stage. Anything between like 12 and 16 rounds, you can build a really decent stage. You add a mover in or you add some sort of technical aspect into that stage. And you start bringing in some more than one option in how you're going to shoot that medium course, which then makes that stage exceptionally interesting. So I'll pick up on that. So I really like, and I was stuck on this for a while. I really
0: like stages with options. Okay, But I've moved away from wanting just stages that gave you options, because that kind of sucks, to if a stage has two good options, where either one could bring you a stage win, And there's no obvious advantage to either. I really like those. I like those more than a stage that effectively dictates a single way of doing it. Um, But I prefer a single way of doing it to a stage that's got 10 different options and they're all sort of equally silly. You know, they're sort of, none of them are really particularly good. Um, It's just, you can do it in these 10 ways, but no, it's not like there's two where you can say that, I can do this one, or I can do this one, and they'll be equally great. It's
1: it's yeah, changed. I, I a bit. Gonna, I, I, when it comes to options, if you've got ten options that are equally silly, I'm really happy with that. Um, I think if you've got one way that's logical to run the stage and nine ways that are idiotic, yes, um, that's not options. Um, that, if if you've got yeah. ten options and and sometimes the most interesting stages are when you've got a squad going, no, fuck, I'm starting on the left. Now I'm starting on the right. Now I'm starting at the front. Now I'm starting here. And, and you've got shooters of similar sort of skill level going, the most logical, and you know, guys like at the heels, the most logical way to shoot the stage is X. No, it's Y. No, it's Z. That's, I think, interesting. Um, yep. it, yeah, if, yeah, viable if, options. Yeah. If, if, if most of the options are stupid, um that I don't get. What what I do think is quite nice when it comes to options is is options that allow a shooter to play to their strength. Um, you know, that that I think is that's an interesting option. I don't like flowing stages can be nice. I don't really care if they flow or not. Sometimes it's really nice to shoot like a a sort of jarry sort of like never quite in a mental comfort zone stage. Um but you know, then it, that's so much better if if whatever options there can all make sense um, to someone. Or, or as I say, where we we shot that match recently, where, where the last stage we shot for the day, for some people you could stand at the back and try and think the whole stage from the back, um, or you could you could do that aggressive move, set up, burn targets down. Or you could shoot the whole stage, most of the stage on the move, um, and that I thought was a really nice. It was uh, it was at the Golden City match we shot the other day. Um, hmm. I thought that was a that was a cool stage because it was balanced in that. And and I think and I think this is something we probably all agree on. A match needs balance. Um, it's nice if a stage has got balance, but it's it's important that a match has got balance. But that was a thirty-two rounder. And that 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 was a stage where, as I say, it, it, if if you were one kind of shooter, it could make sense to to make it a three stop stand at the back, um, and and shoot everything from three positions, or you could make it a six stop stand in six spots, burn a few targets down, or you could make it a no stop shoot the entire thing on the move, uh, and and I think we saw. A relatively even dispersion on that stage between shooters based on what they were best at if if you were going to shoot if you shot solidly on the move um then then that was going to work for you but if you were someone who did a better sort of stand and deliver game um you you were still in the in the running for that stage
0: but that was yeah, an interesting stage because it had sorry oh, guys wow. it had um it had relatively good target distance Hmm. for the majority of of the the stage uh like nothing was in your face uh but not the whole stage is pushed out to the absolute ends of the earth uh there, there were some long shots there was a swinger um there was i think two poppers i mean it, it was a and and ports i mean it wasn't just open targets you had barricades and ports to work around and one of the things that was really fun about that stage i was not in a good good space on that day i, I, I wasn't doing particularly well then. But standing in the back and seeing the different shooters, the different kinds of shooters work through the different plans and the way that they saw different things. Like the dudes who were like, I wanted to shoot a good portion of that stage on the move. I saw places to shoot that stage on the move. I didn't see the place where you could stand in one place and you could shoot a great deal of the stage, do a reload, rush forward and burn stuff down. I didn't see that. Um, I only saw that when, what's his name? Um, Riaz shot. Riaz, when when Riaz shot it. It's when like, oh, that's pretty cool. I probably still wouldn't have done that, but that is a pretty cool alternative option that and a, a completely viable option that I didn't even see or consider. It's it's interesting how that brings out the, not necessarily the strength, but the preference of the shooter. Mm.
1: And, and, and that stage itself had some nice balance in it because you had two or three meter hosed targets, and you had pop you had many you know small plates that if you stood at the back you were probably engaging from 25 30 meters away if you went all the way forward you were probably 15 meters away from them um, so there was a and and stuff in the middle you know sort of partial targets and and so it it was a there was a, a whole lot of different cadences required between targets you know you 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 may transition from a two meter target to a 12 meter partial, um, back to a three meter target to a, that was a, I, I, I really enjoyed that stage. I thought it was a, a really good, um, package for what better term.
0: Absolutely. That, that was one of the, we we shot some really good stages recently, but that was one of the, mm. the better ones of the good ones. Like it, it's, it's pretty close to the top in terms of like a really well-designed, clever stage. And I don't mean clever as in we're going to make the stage do weird things and then call it clever. It was it was really great design. That's what made it. Yeah,
1: it, was, more it clever intelligence stage design. It was yeah. Um, that that was a classic example of of options that different shooters, you know, and uh, and 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 relatively similar skill level shooters could look at and go, no, dude there's only one way to shoot the stage and someone else going, no, there's only one way to shoot the stage and someone else going, there's only one way to shoot the stage. And all three of them shot the stage completely um, differently. Uh, But the stage plan wasn't what ended up with the result. If that makes sense, the stage plan didn't give you the result, how you shot it gave the result. Yep. And that's, that's always cool. Uh, And I think that, I think it's very difficult (laughs) we need to be careful of looking at stages um, on their own because a stage is part of a match uh, and and that can affect things as well. Uh, you know, one of the things I really honestly despise is hoser matches. Um, I I don't, I, I, I have very little interest in, in missioning through to go to a match where everything's going to be shot at powder burn range and I might as well not even turn my dot on. Um, they're not fun. They're not, they're not hugely taxing and, and, and they don't, they don't encompass DVC. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, our sport is about accuracy, power, and speed in equal measure. Um, so I think a, a hoser match is a dull thing. I, I think one of those sniper matches where, you know, everything is, you, you got to shoot it like you're shooting a PRS rifle is equally shit. Um, uh, a hoser stage in a match can be really fun. Um, a really challenging stage in a match with some really challenging shots can be fun. But if the whole match becomes that, I think you lose a lot um, and you don't necessarily get... The result doesn't always show the best shooter on the day. It shows the shooter who was best suited to that sort of match. Um, hoser stages especially, and, 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 and with hoser matches... We, we often see like upsets and results, um, you know, guys who who shouldn't have, have ended where they, they did either high or low um, ending there because often on a match like that, if you hook up, things can go spectacularly. So it's that very sort of hero zero guys, attacker stage, they blast everything and maybe he gets the mics, maybe he manages to hit everything in the brown. Uh, I don't know. I just, I I think it, it doesn't necessarily give us the best balance sort of stage. Yeah. It's, it's balance. That's it. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there, guys. Generally the matches that, that, that you leave where you hear guys going, dude, that was a great match. Um, they, the, the one thing they always all seem to have in common is a balance. Um, it's, they may have had some hard shots. They may have had some hoser shots, But there was a balance of skills, Um, and I think that's that's really something we should be trying to aim for. You know, I like to stick no shoots on targets, not not in huge numbers, but I like some no shoots because I think they change the dynamic. Um, But a whole, you know, a a match where you've got as many no shoots as as shoot targets is also shit.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that the even though it's not really listed in the DVC part of it. No shoots also require balance. You know, uh, a particular setup on a stage might present good challenges without having to put a no shoot on the stage. Whereas in the same context, making a good stage doesn't entail having a no shoot on 80 or 100% of the targets that are available on that stage. There's a balance in that as well. And that goes the same with steel targets, um, both poppers and steel plates. It goes in the same hand as normal hardcover partial targets. And in certain stage builds, even mini targets, you know?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I, you know, like to use the no-shoot example, one or two strategically placed no-shoots can mean the difference between a stage being a total hose and a stage where you need to be able to modulate your your, your shots. You need to be able to read your sight for the correct target. Um and that doesn't need to be ridiculous. That doesn't need to be a no shoot where you've got you know a, 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 a two inch wide strip of target of brown at the top of the target. It can be, it can be a no shoot that covers half the A zone um, on a seven or ten meter target. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a a particularly difficult shot, but just enough of a little speed bump or a, or a throttle bump where you have to pay attention. Uh, And I think that's the thing. I think the the paying attention is a big part of the appeal of of the game.
2: Um, Actually, that's that's a good point. On one or two of the stages that we shot this past weekend, we walked up to a stage when we were vetting it after it had been built and we noticed that the stage had no no no-shoots on it and the stage could have used those in order to bring the stage back into this balance that we're talking about where we had DVC, we had accuracy, power and speed. Once we added just two no-shoots to I think, it was a 14 round stage or a 16 round stage
1: yeah I think yeah I think it was two yeah I think it was a 16 round stage and we yeah. we stuck two no shoots and it and I mean I shot one of those no shoots
2: just corn's <laughs> uh, enjoying it, that too much <laughs> I like the fact that he said just
1: well it, it was a it was an alpha no shoot
0: tis but a flesh wound
1: yeah, Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that changed, and and then there was a there was a little twelve rounder as well. The adding two no shoots to it was still a super fast, super aggressive, but pretty high hit factor stage. Um, that the no shoots just they just meant that you had to pay a little bit more attention to one or two dogs, and I th- and I think that that's it. It's it's not it's it, it's a point I've made. You know, a couple of guys coming back from the last world shoot, you know, a lot of people spoke about, oh, there was that really difficult 50-meter shot from a funny angle. And you go, okay, awesome. And and the other 599 shots you fired, were they at targets sort of, majority of them at targets between sort of 5 and 15 meters with at least half the A zone visible? Yeah. Um, so a whole match of of 50-meter being in a funny position, um, It it's not DVC any more than a whole match of everything at two meters that you blow up with your muzzle blasters.
0: Yeah, I think that the... Um, so power is is a slightly different bit of this. I will address that in a, in, a, in a moment. But accuracy and speed are two different sides of the same rope. And you need to try and keep that knot in the middle of that rope sort of on the center line. So if you're bringing the target super close, you sort of have to consider adding no shoots or or hardcover partials, reducing the target size in order to bring the speed at which people shoot stuff back into sort of a, a normality. If you're pushing the stuff out to the absolute extremes in terms of distance, uh, well, it now doesn't really make sense to add a no shoot or hardcover or something onto that target in addition to adding serious target difficulty in terms of distance because you're skewing the whole thing way too much towards pure accuracy. Now, that doesn't mean that we want to be able to burn 25 meter targets at like 0.15 splits. Um, I mean, surname, he, surname
1: tried. He did try, but <laughs> did he succeed? Well, he got the splits there. He was shooting jailbait splits. That he was. <laughs> he for the grams, some man. On some of those.
0: Yeah, for, for the grams, the the, <laughs> the rules are made up and the score doesn't matter. <laughs> So yeah, you, you've, got to, you've got to balance that. So if you're going to have them at muzzle blast distance, you've got to have something like the majority of the target covered up by a no shoot. You've got to have it around a hard lean or it's got to be moving or, or something to bring back the accuracy requirement to what is now effectively just a speed shoot target. Um, and you don't have to have that on every target because like we said, you need to have balance over the match, not necessarily just in that particular stage but this is a good way to consider it when you're designing and building them, is if you're going to have a lot of close targets, you've got to have something that brings the the accuracy requirement on those targets up. And if you're going to have a lot of far targets, you've got to have something that brings the potential to shoot them a little bit more aggressively up. Now, a little bit more aggressively doesn't mean that you get to burn them down because like I said, 25-meter targets are always going to be something that takes um, a very specific skill and it's going to take some visual patience to make the shots happen. But having a 25 meter mini target that's 50% covered by no shoot uh, is taking the piss. <laughs> the same way that an open target at a, an open, normal sized Ipsic paper target at a meter and a half is taking the piss.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, a, a 30 meter full board for a lot of shooters is a challenge as it is. Um, and, and even for a solid shooter they're having to change their pace and and they're having to make decisions there about um you know do do i and this is also where the power thing comes in if i'm shooting a major power factor gun on that target do i only slow down enough to kind of wang two charlies and take the eight points um or do i need to slow down that extra that 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 bit more and get the and i'm not saying think about slowing down i'm think i'm i'm, I'm Playing, you're going to be slowing down as, as you aim a little bit more. Um, you know, am I am I going to do what it takes to get two alphas on that target? Uh, that that is still that can still be interesting. And and jokes aside, especially the club shoot, you're not destroying the soul of the new shooter by giving them a target that they don't have the ability to hit. Uh, because I I don't think it's super practical to be honest. Um, I don't think it's super DVC. Uh, and, and it's, it's not, it's not clever. It's, it, it's not, we, we, at, at the end of the day, none of us are getting paid to be there. Um, we're all paying money to be there. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that in a, Ooh, we pay your salary sort of way. Cause I understand it's all volunteers and that, but it costs us money to shoot. Um, we, we shouldn't be leaving this a, a match going. That was fucking horrible. Uh, And I've left matches where I've, I've, I mean, I've had matches where I've been shooting the match going, that was, that was terrible. I I, I don't want to be here. Um, you know, it's not good. I don't think it's good for the shooters. I don't think it's good for the sport. I don't think it's good for the club. If that's how people feel at a match, um, you know, you, you can have something that challenges them a little bit, uh, so that you can sit with your buddy and go, well, you shot Delta Mike on that. And I shot two Deltas, um, (laughs) <laughs> but I, I don't think we should. I think we should try and avoid things that 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 a C class shooter, as an example, can't do. Um, you know, expecting expecting someone who's relatively new in the game or relatively experienced inexperienced to try and take a shot that that is that far out of their wheelhouse with no time limit um, doesn't make the most amount of sense. To me.
2: That's so, also another good point. I'm glad you brought it up, T. If, we, if we're looking at the balance, if we go back there for a minute and we're looking at the balance, ideally, when we build a match, we want to build a match that challenges everybody who's shooting the match, no matter whether that shooter is A-class or D-class. And ideally, when you build a match, you should be able to build decent stages that are going to challenge all of those people. Regardless, the challenges will be slightly different for the A-class shooter, for maybe the C or the D-class shooter who's just starting out and learning. So that's something else to keep in mind. You can have a match that everybody gets to enjoy, everybody gets challenged from. And, and that's realistically from my experience with course design and, and building matches isn't too difficult to achieve.
0: So I don't know how we do that. Um, I'm I'm not a course designer. I, I occasionally help people build stages, but I, I don't design them. Um, my personal feeling is not, not just the fact that a, a well-designed match, not necessarily a necessary stage, but a well-designed match should challenge D-class shooter and should challenge an A-class shooter like in slightly different ways, um, while still I being th-
2: enjoyable for everybody.
0: While still being enjoyable for everyone, I th- and and I might be off base here, and and you guys can can go with us where you you see fit. Uh, but I feel that clubs have a responsibility to prepare their club shooters for shooting leagues. And I feel that leagues have a responsibility to prepare shooters to shoot nationals and nationals has a responsibility to prepare them for a level four. And you, you see where I'm going with this. You you shouldn't make the club matches so easy that when those same shooters show up at the league, they're completely underprepared. Now, I, I agree that the other side is, is way too extreme where you crush their souls at the club match because I have to prepare for a world shoot and all of a sudden you never come back because shooting is not an enjoyable experience. Uh, but I think this is, again, that, that, that balance where we shouldn't have club matches that are so easy so that D-class shooters feel accomplished in shooting them. And everyone higher up is going, this isn't fun. I'm not learning. I'm not being challenged. I'm not being tested. And then D-class shooter goes to a league and he, he gets destroyed because he can't do half the stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that whole. The levels should be preparing you in some way for the next one. It's not practice, but it's it should be teaching you skills or testing skills that are important at a higher level. I, th-
1: I think a big part of that is that um, in in the actual running of the match, it should be treated like an IPSC match with IPSC rules, and that that in- includes the safety rules. And I think that sometimes um, you know there's, there can be a little bit of, of silliness accepted that shouldn't be. Um, I've been fortunate enough to shoot a fair amount of level three and level four matches, and I've shot uh, I shot a level four match in Europe last year, shot a couple of level three matches in, in Europe and Asia and that. As a general rule, the stages of those matches were not super hard. Um yep there were, there was there was very little burn it down stuff um you know there was there was there was to be honest I think there was zero hosing um but by the same token, like one of my observations and i've I've discussed this with people because I think sometimes here we, we mistake difficult with technical and go okay well we're going to make a technical match so i'm gonna make you shoot from a half squat at this thirty five meter swinging mini um which is like a it, it, it's basically like a hose stage where if you hook up awesome and if you don't well sorry for you and and luck plays a bigger part than than skill some of the time um, you know most of those matches if you had a no shoot on a target you had fifty percent of the a zone available if the no shoot if the target was at five meters with a no shoot you might have thirty percent of the a zone available If you had a target at twenty five or thirty meters you had a full board to shoot at um, so I think that's that they were they were clever and challenging stages because there was there, there may have been a, a change in cadence, there, there may have been a some you know, some do I, you know, how hard do I aim at this target, how aggressively do I take this target, how many things do I try and shoot between this activator and the swinger? Um, but they were balanced matches and and balanced stages in a match. Uh there was, there was nothing that a D-class shooter wouldn't be able to do. Um, and there was nothing that an A-class shooter, because I think this is what people forget as well. You know, Even for for the guys at the very top of the game, um, for those guys, they may find, because they're now trying to go faster, they may open the throttle too much. They might hammer a bit too hard and slide off the side of the track. Um and that's sometimes what you're trying to get them to do and that a uh, hoser stage can can sometimes be that as well but you know i've i've seen really good shooters miss full boards at 7 meters because they were trying to hammer it really hard because all the other really good shooters were going really hard and there wasn't much opportunity to make up time um that that i think can eat lead an interesting dynamic something we were discussing the other day uh, at Level three at Still a few years ago when I was still shooting standard. There was a thirty-two rounder a thirty-two rounder that like fourteen seconds, I think, was was the average super squat time on it. It was a mental stage. It was pretty close. It was super aggressive. It was in quite a small bay. And I watched one of the top shooters in the country shoot three mics on that stage. Um on a stage where I think the longest shot guess was maybe seven yards, seven meters. Yeah. yeah. Um that would be. But because it was so fast, because it was so aggressive, um, if you throttled back to eighty percent, you were probably going to get a sixty percent score on the stage because someone might just hook up. So the guys who were who were there to win the match were all hammering that stage full throttle, um, and that meant that sometimes shit went wrong. So it wasn't it it wasn't a it wasn't a- as hosy as some stages can be it wasn't it wasn't really a hosy stage but it was a super fast super aggressive stage uh, but we were deemed to be a high head factor stage yeah it was a very high head factor stage um, and as i say we saw some really good shooters shoot mics because they there was a skill set being tested there just just like having a 50 meter target test a skill set um having having guys run a stage that that sort of fast and aggressively Test the skill set as well. Uh, and it was one stage in the match. It wasn't the whole match. Um, and I think it it, it added value um, to the match.
2: Yeah, I think in the remembering that stage and that match, I think in the bigger scheme of things, that particular stage contributed to the overall balance of the match, which was awesome. Mm. And also one point I want to bring up with no-shoots is what we'll often see when we see set up no-shoots is the difference between... The no-shoot is here. If you make a mistake, you will hit the no-shoot versus I'm putting the no-shoot here because I want you to shoot the no-shoot.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, ha- having a no-shoot that that means that you've got to be careful how you how you transition between targets because there's a no-shoot between them. And if, if you cook one off a it soon or, you know, if you don't follow through, it's going it's to bite you. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, a no-shoot where you've got this tiny little strip of of scoring target uh, and it turns into a bullseye match. What's the point?
2: So one of the things that I like to see on stages is a combination of technical movements, if we could call it that. Mm. So you don't have stringent position-to-position shooting where you run from A to B, you sort of set up and you shoot a couple shots there and then you move to the next position and you set up a couple shots there. What I really enjoy seeing in a stage is somewhere that you can find some time according to your skills. Maybe you can leave this position a bit sooner. Maybe you can start shooting a bit sooner into that position, accompanied by well-positioned ports or apertures that you can shoot through, which are going to assist you with that movement so that you can't just run through the stage finding those positions and then shooting the targets from that position. You have to be a little bit more clinical and thoughtful on what you're going to do in order to continue your movement and or get moving again, if that makes sense. Hmm. No, that does. And and that can also, having that nicely laid out on a stage, which isn't possible on every stage, if we're being honest, um, having that nicely laid out on a stage can really make a stage take that step further where it, it has the possibility for you to start looking for slightly different things that can play to your advantage as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, yep. a, that, that, that's a really good point I think related to that as well and it's, it's something we see from time to time at the end of the day it's a shooting sport um, and, and what we should be seeing is who is the best shooter on the day uh, it's a physical shooting sport, it's a dynamic shooting sport, but if we have competitors doing a 40 meter sprint for no reason I, I don't think we're necessarily just measuring the skills on that stage uh, or the shooting skills on the stage—that your, your ability to sprint could become more important than your ability to shoot. Um, when, when we start seeing stages, you know, stages shouldn't really favour tall. Well, they never favour tall people because IPSC hates tall people. But uh, they shouldn't really favour tall people. They shouldn't favour short people. If you've got a match where anyone over five foot eight is shooting from a squat all the time. That's also a problem, um, and and we have had matches like that where, you know, the, you, your your height or your build or whatever played an active role in how that match worked for you. Um, and I think that that takes away once again from DVC. Um, that's not accuracy. That's not power. That's not speed.
0: I don't know if it does. Uh, so I want so. to interject here. So I think that what they should do is they should put in a low port where short people should lie on their stomachs and they should put down a, like a heavy chair somewhere that the bigger dudes need to fetch to shoot over the top. So you're measuring power <laughs> and <you> speed <laughs> at which you can get down for the short people and power for the dude to have to fetch the heavy chair. And
1: <laughs> no, Don't so do that, i <laughs> No, no. I, I've shot matches where like every single aperture involved a squat. Um, so you get the short dude who can stand up or barely drop down and the tall dude who, who has to like get into this really uncomfortable squat and and there you're taking a dynamic out of the shooting. And that would be fine if we then had a, had an equal number of apertures where the tall dude stands on his hind legs and the short dude drags a box and stands on it sort of thing. Um, but it would be you know, if if you built an entire stage where I could stand on my hind legs and shoot through a port, it would be, everyone would immediately bitch and go, what is this idiocy? You can't do this. We can't have, you know, we can't have apertures six foot off the ground. Um, But we do sometimes seem to think it's acceptable to have all the apertures four foot off the ground. And if you're five foot tall, that's a lot easier to deal with than if you're over six foot.
0: So Uh, I think that, and, and this isn't going to be possible in all matches, and it's not going to be the best skills test if this is always what it is but i think a narrower port that runs the gamut in terms of length where a short dude and a tall dude lady can shoot through it with equal comfort in terms of physical height but both are forced into an equivalent lean or or difficult target acquisition by the fact that they need to shoot through a port is a better design choice when possible than having square apertures that are fixed at at specific heights. So rather have something that runs from, I don't know, two foot off the ground to I don't know, six foot off the ground or whatever, and you've got a, a full length, but like a like a 30 centimeter wide port or something like that. That it gives you the skills test that a port gives you, but without favoring people based on stature.
1: Yeah, you know, I I've seen matches where sh they've put things at a height where like a short person could squat and a tall person had to go prone um and and there you you're, you're introducing a factor beyond your ability to shoot and beyond your ability to to do practical shooting um you know it's 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 not necessary it doesn't and those are matches once again where you don't have people coming back and going shit that was an awesome match um you know <laughs> the, 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 the matches where you you challenge shooting w- within our game because we don't do ISU and we also don't do you know executions on targets a metre away. Uh, if, if we can get that 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 balance, that's it's all of as I said that the, the word keeps on coming up, and I think it's the most important thing. It's it's balance. It's it's find, finding stages that balance skills. Uh, so I
0: want to go back to the to the. The short dude squatting and the tall dude having to go prone i'm not saying you should have stages like this but if you're going to have a stage that has this dynamic please don't make it a forced start position and please don't make it a forced start position right next to that place we have to go prone because what you're doing is the tall dude will either need to make a decision of running to the opposite side of the stage starting there and running back to where he came from so that he doesn't have to get out of a prone position or he'll have to go prone and, and eat the full penalty of having to get back up out of that if you force him to start right where that is. Where, like you said, shorter dude, pops a quick squat, really easy to get back up from it. So for them, the the fixed start position penalty is not as great. So if you're going to have stuff like that, don't make it even more difficult in in other ways. Um, I, just I can't to the remember side, there, it was.
1: There, there, There's no... There's no reason to have, have stages like that. And once again, if you're going to go, well, the argument is this is practical shooting and 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 that that issue could present itself, then by the same token, an aperture six foot off the ground that I can look through uh, that a short person can't is is equally practical. Uh, if that makes sense. So if you're going to do that, then have have a thing where the short guy it has to climb onto something to shoot through it. Honestly, I think both of those are just idiotic. Um, I don't think they're necessary, and i don't I don't think they I don't think they fit in generally with where the sport has been for the last twenty years. Um, it's it's not how people are shooting the sport. It's just every so often get, some people get a a fly in their arse.
2: <laughs> and so, like you said just reverts back to balance in both, in all areas of the sport that, that we play. It reverts back to balance because the sport has physical requirement. We can't deny that, but in the Mm -hmm. same token, it is not a physical sport, if that makes sense. So So you have to balance that exactly the same. Something else with balance and Tia, the match, Gaz will
0: recall it. I don't think the match that I'm thinking about you shot. I think you were overseas at the time. Uh, but we shot a match, I think sometime last year, maybe the year before, where there was an empty start, hands interlocked, fingers interlocked on your head, so you went from fingers interlocked to drawing a gun to loading a gun to shooting um yeah, pick one <laughs> do you want my hands above my head? Do you want my fingers interlocked, or do you want me to load a gun um all that did, and th- this is the 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 big issue with that wasn't the fact that. The it wasn't the fact that it was hands above shoulders, fingers into locked on head, gun empty. It was the fact that you had to stand still to shoot the first target. So all it did was it added a two to five second dead time at the start of the stage, depending on the skill of the shooter, and that's literally all it did.
1: Um, See, I, I I can I can get the having you start with an unloaded start where it's logical to engage a target right in front of you because you're 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 getting a measure of A skill. Yes, um, no, no, like I said. The, the, there's, the... there's a gun handling aspect that's getting measured. That If it's taking you five seconds to load your gun and fire that shot, then you're three seconds behind the guy who's doing it in two seconds, if that makes sense. Um, math, math is hard. Um, but...
0: I think the thing that I didn't like about that, not to hop too much on what I didn't like, is the fact that it was hands above head, fingers interlocked with an unloaded gun.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I don't think that the, the, being required to draw a gun and load it and shoot a target directly in front of you, I think is a valuable measure of skill. And I think being able to start with your hands above shoulders or your fingers interlocked is a valuable measure of skill. I don't think that those two things being combined together is necessarily valuable.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, something I observed last year at the European Handgun Champs, which is pretty much the second biggest pistol match in the game. Um, you know, I think Europeans are, are are only behind the World Shoot. We had, I think it was twenty four stages, if I remember correctly. Um, there was one empty start. It was, I think, one empty start with maximum table and one empty chamber start. There were zero starts with hands in funny position. Um, so all the other stages started sort of the normal hands relaxed sides. Um, they just there was a complete and utter lack of silliness, um, if that makes sense. It, the, the 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 match was focused on at the end of the day it was measuring your shooting skills. So if there was a port that you you had to go kneeling for, you know, if you, there, was a, there was a stage where you either went prone or some of the super flexible people did one of those weird sort of lean things, which I don't think was any sort of advantage and you could comfortably end it prone. Um, it was a stage where you kind of had to go kneeling or in a super deep squat, um, no matter how big you were. As a general rule, the apertures were such that – you weren't you weren't being put in stupid positions. You weren't um, you know, and there was it. It wasn't a super easy match. It, you know, it was the European handgun chart. Um, But there were there was none of the party trick shit that some stage designers get in their head that they think is a good stage. Um, you know, what they were measuring at the end of the day was was shooting. Um, you know, shooting, and and there was shooting on the move. There was, there was the only thing that I've, I don't think I've ever seen at a, at a foreign match in the last couple of years is a, is one of those nine rounds stand in the box, drawn fire stage, um, which aren't my favorite stages. I'm, I generally do rights at them. They aren't my favorite stages, but I, I do kind of think they have a role um, a one in a match. can
2: because it measures a skill. Uh, that is literally, that is literally a strict measure of shooting skill. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: so I, I think those have a role. Um, I don't think we should have five of them in a match. I do think one of those in a match, as you say, it gives us a, a solid idea of... Um, and, and like I said at the beginning, that's also one of those stages, those things where you can't you can't make up a mistake. Um, if you fumble a draw or fumble a load or, um, you know, miss piece steel or whatever... There's there's no making it up. There's no engaging it from anywhere else. It, it's purely a measure of of how fast and accurately you can shoot that gun. Uh, and I I do think that has a role. Um, taking that stage and then making you do the whole thing from a deep squat, it, it, it's an unnecessary fuck around. So I have a question, because we haven't really touched on
0: this much yet. So. Nine rounds, stand in the box stage. Uh, they can be super challenging, and they certainly do divide shooters into really clear sort of segments of shooting skill. Beyond a bit out. What about moving targets? Because we haven't really touched on these. Um, moving targets can be super cool. I really enjoy shooting them. Um, but we've also seen moving targets. Uh, being used in ways where they are detrimental to, they turn into a luck game. So if you have a twenty-five meter mini swinging partial, hmm. um, that's not really a a skill. It's a, it's a luck. Unless you're going to wait for it to slow down, way down, um, you're 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 introducing more luck than skill potentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a match a few years ago where there was a thirty-five meter mini on a swinger. Um, and there were some international shooters at that match who literally turned around and went, why the fuck would you do that? Um, I mentioned that to, to a very well-known European shooter not long after that who, in his regional accent, turned around to me and said why, his literal words to me, to me were, why the fuck would you do that? Um, but with a financier accent than mine. Um, give it a go, T. <laughs> no, because I'll give away who it was.
0: He's got a beard, um, not a
1: goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling it a beard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like I, I sometimes also think that if you as the stage design, designer can't take the shot, you know, if you, if you can't guarantee you could make that shot, don't put it in the stage. Uh, and there's not a huge amount of people who can guarantee a hit on a 35-meter swinger, mini swinger. Yeah. Um, so if if you can't make the shot, why are you putting it in there? Is it a, you know, it, it turns into a bit of a dick-measuring contest. And, and and once again, it becomes a luck thing where you watch one oak wang and literally wang two rounds at it because at least then he doesn't get a failure to engage. Um, and, and he hooks up in those two rounds hits. And I've seen it where the guys turned around to me later and said, yeah, I, 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 that was luck. Um we're not in the game of measuring luck. This is not supposed to be gambling. Um, It shouldn't, you know, sometimes you get lucky and, and, and a shot does something you, you didn't expect it to, but but it shouldn't be something that you've got to kind of factor into a, a a match result. Yeah.
0: This comes back to that whole pulling the rope and keeping the knot in the middle. Hmm. If you're going to have a swinger really close, it's gotta be fast or it's gotta have a, Really short, uh, or or a really small engagement window, or it's got to have some no shoots on it. Um, I, I'm talking if it's close, if it's really close. Ah, it's like medium okay. distance. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: I'm no, I'm talking really close.
1: No, no, I'm I'm, gonna really no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to disagree with you there. It doesn't got to have anything as long as it's interesting. So yes. You can set a close swinger where it's got quite a long dwell time, so it it could have a so, really slow thing where. Do I, do I try and engage these three targets after the, the activator before I engage the swinger, or only two? And if I if I fuck it up, am I going to wait 1.3 seconds for that swinger to come back and be visible? Yeah, but that's that's got a thing. It doesn't have a no-shoot,
0: but it's got a penalty if you don't make it. Like, it's got dwell time. Um,
1: so it, it has something to it balance does. the... The, but the- I think that's the thing. It it doesn't have to have anything. It just has to be interesting, and it has to. Th- there has to be an opportunity for a gaz to make up some time, and for a new shooter to go. I'm going to shoot it this way, but I've still got a reasonable chance of shooting this target. Yeah. So it's my first match, and I go target, target, target plate activator. Wait for the swinger. Go boom, boom. Um, I'm Garrett Evans. I go. Activator, play, target, 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 shoot the swing as it comes out. That's um, not realistic. What you mean Sorry, is, it's, it's, it's... Activator, 30, plate, target,
0: target, 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 shoot the swing. It's a 32-round stage. So what Gaz does is he hits the activator twice, hmm. shoots 29 targets, shoots 29 <laughs> rounds, <laughs> and catches the swinger just as it presents.
2: <laughs> Don't forget oh, yeah, the reload. With, with two reloads.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a super slow swinger.
2: <laughs> so I'm on the same page as you with us. There were there's a memorable stage for me that we shot. I think it was latest last year where it had two swingers on it, both side presenting, so you could basically see it from around 12 o'clock until about three o'clock on, if you were looking at a clock face. Um, and they were at five five meters or so, but they they were moving at a fairly decent pace. And if you got the timing right, you could get two shots off one on one pass. Hmm. You didn't have the whole target to aim at it. was probably half or a little bit more than half of the target, but it was at five meters. And because it was so close, that surface speed catches you off guard with trying to get the two shots off. You have to move your arm so much further to get the two shots off. That was really interesting to see. And we don't see swingers at five meters. Not yeah. since either before that match. And I haven't seen it since either. Uh,
1: that, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's finding things that are interesting. And it's, I mean, in, in shotgun matches, I have seen more guys miss wide open plates than I've seen miss really tight shots on plates past no shoots. Um, because I remember a miss.
0: spectacular miss
1: on, <laughs> on
0: a little square plate twice.
1: <laughs> yes, it like, I don't know, spit in a drain.
0: When Tarek um, said he's seen people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you meant he had like a first-person view of that one,
1: <laughs> but the what? But but on that stage, the ones with the tight no shoots, one shot fine.
0: <laughs> they were fine,
1: <laughs> and that's the thing. It, it didn't have to be idiotic. It, you know, you, you can suck people into to making mistakes um, without making their lives with, without making them feel like. What you wanted was them to have a shitty time.
0: Uh, I- so now we've we've hopped on things that we don't like for quite a while. <laughs> Maybe we should head back to that things we really actually sense. like. Um, interesting activator sequences are, are always cool. Um, where you you've got to decide when you're shooting the activator, what you're doing between shooting the activator and when the target presents. Um, those are always well pretty much always cool um, if you have a here's your activator and there's your swinger and that's all you can do in that position well that's a little bit less interesting um, and by a similar token if you are required to activate a moving target from a place where you can't see the moving target from uh, that's also less interesting because again it, it introduces a, a degree of luck um, because you have no measurable way of figuring out where that thing is going to be when you get to the position where you need to engage it.
1: I think something that is very cool, like uh, I really enjoyed that swinging plate that that Victor had oh, yes. the, the twenty nineteen NGPSA champs, which was a fantastic match. Um, there was that 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 metal plate on the swinger that that added a challenge. Um, I think things like that that can be really cool. Uh, I also think um, you know I've, I've seen some interesting things done with swingers, like two swingers, two op- swingers moving in opposite directions on 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 the same um, activator uh, or, the, or on the same mount. Um, I think that can be that can be really really cool. And yeah, as you say, ones, ones where you've got options as to what am I going to engage before this? And something we see very rarely that can be super interesting is disappearing targets. So, those stages where you're sitting furiously doing the maths, going, how long is it going to take me to go from the activator to the swinger? How long is it going to take me to get two rounds on the swinger? What's the likely score? What's that worth hit factor wise? Or do I just hit the activator and ignore the disappearing target? We haven't had a lot of those. Um, we had one at the last level four. Uh, in fact, the last level four in pull coin is the last time I remember having a stage the, with one of the those. The
0: only one that I remember ever shooting with a disappearing target was that that runner on the, at the level four. Yeah. You had, I think, you had the the bobber, you had a swinger, and then you had that that runner that was disappearing.
1: And, um, and that stage, I shot, and I said to Nikki when I finished shooting, if I did it again, I'd I'd leave the disappearing target, which he did, and had a really solid score. Um, that to me can be really interesting, especially if it's a case like that where it's not a, and we, we see a lot, we see a bit more of that in shotgun with some, some of the players in that. Um, so where it, it's not clear cut, uh, yeah, that, that was an interesting one.
0: I I didn't have the required shooting experience at that stage to to do any of the math. I also didn't have any of the math skill to do any of the math, but that's a separate show. Um, have you seen me take that, my
1: shoes off at a match?
0: That one was pretty interesting. Um, because the runner that you had as a as a bonus target was a disappearing target was quite a wide transition away from all the other stuff that you were trying to do.
2: And uh, it was a fair distance away.
0: Exactly so there was there was a definite there was a definite bit of math to is it worth adding that transition for the potential extra extra points, or is it better to just mm. nail the stuff I have to? And save the transition time in those two or three splits oh. that I need to get that target. That, that was that was an interesting stage.
1: Yeah, that and, and that's a way to make a stage interesting where once again where you can have guys arguing furiously that there's no way it makes sense to leave those 10 points and other guys going, well, there's no way it makes sense to do that transition, especially if you can't guarantee the 10 points. Yep. Um that's yeah. something I'd like to see a little bit more of.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. Um I guess the other things is uh things like methods of activating hmm. targets um we primarily see falling poppers um i think vector has some stomp plates that we've used hmm. but not 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 a hell of a lot uh, i don't think there's there doesn't necessarily have to be but i don't think we're seeing a lot of uh, of of different flavors in terms of activating stuff um like doors can be a little bit tricky in terms of activating stuff but maybe maybe a stomp pad at at, uh, at matches would be an interesting thing to try and add in when possible.
2: Um, and you know, if uh, you if you yeah. if you're talking about activators, there's there's lots of different ways you can apply it. An activator doesn't necessarily need to activate another target. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at the same match Vector hosted last year for NGPSA champs, there was a simple short, short, I think it was a short course, maybe a medium course, where there was a barricade or um, a vision barrier at the end of the stage with a closed port on it. And in order to open that port, you were required to hit a popper at about 15 meters or so. Yep. And watching the match, there were a fair amount of guys who had to go back for that popper so that they could open that port. That created a nice dynamic on the stage. So you don't have to have an activator that activates another target to make an interesting activator or or part of the stage.
0: Absolutely. I saw uh, uh, Paul Paul Hags. I think it was him. He had a match last year sometime that he posted some videos on Instagram on where they didn't have, it wasn't an activator. It was basically the top half of a barricade that was on hinges and you could shoot over it to engage the targets at the back. And then you had to push this thing out Mm -hmm. the way to engage three really close targets, but you had to get it out the way. And then you went, pop, pop, pop. Because until then you couldn't see them. Um, I don't know, those things become a little bit difficult in terms of getting stage props and things built and and being sure that they're going to work reliably. But it seems to add a a more interesting sort of dynamic to stages if you're not overusing it, where you've got to decide, am I shooting those things at the back and then popping this thing out the way and burning these three targets? Or am I running up and knocking this thing down, burning the targets, then doing that? Or am I, you no, know, it, it, it adds a little bit of of interesting dynamic to, to the the stage idea.
1: Um, at, the, at the Beretta Cup in Italy last year, which was the shotgun match, um, I think there were two stages where you had to hit an activator to open an aperture. Um, so you couldn't shoot the targets through the aperture until you'd opened it. Um, and there were a fair amount of stages with the shotgun where you had a, a, a stomp pad that you activated with your hand. Mm. I think there were three of them that activated clay. Um, so that was quite cool because they were sort of, they're disappearing targets. Uh, so there's, there's no failure to engage penalty, but they're worth points. Um, and you were having to take your hand off the gun, activate the stomp plate, get your hand on the gun. Um, that was, that was a really interesting, uh, interesting thing. It was an awesome match, but that was one of the interesting things about that match. Yeah. See that,
0: that makes things interesting, which is good. And it makes it interesting while still only measuring shooting skill. Um, mm. Which I think is the the important bit. Um, it's not. Can you pick up this cricket ball and throw it into that basket, which will then activate this panel through which you can shoot? I mean, that's yeah. measuring a whole separate set of skills that have little to nothing to do with shooting.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that, and that's the problem. It starts getting into the realm of can you eat these six hot dogs? Um, yes. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. <laughs> Well,
0: sure, <laughs> I mean we should have that as an activator sequence in the match. I think I could support that. <laughs> I would win.
1: Yeah, for fat guys. Mm. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's that's kind of what it boils down to. I, I, I think it's it, it's finding stages that once again they measure DVC, they measure your ability as a shooter, um, and that they're not measuring your ability to do CrossFit. Um, you know, it's
2: otherwise you'd have to say
1: so. Exactly, that's to tell everyone the, that you did crossfit.
0: The only thing that I can't imagine is when we start doing crossfit at matches having to shoot a pistol match with a 6.5 creed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just more worried about the vegan lunch, to be honest.
0: <laughs> Are you sure that popper is safe at seven meters with a 6.5 creed? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You have, to, you have to like skip it off the floor and bounce it up into the popper to get the activator to be slow enough for you to know what's happened. Because if you shoot is, the-
1: <laughs> At that match, if you went to Uffies, do you automatically get an extra hit factor on your score?
0: Uh, I think you probably do. I, I think what happens there is you get awarded the stage medal the day before the match. <laughs> 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 we're going to get so much hate mail for that comment
1: <laughs> we didn't go to Uffie's, which is fine no you know how you know because we would have told you an episode told you in fact it would be called welcome to the we went to Uffie's gun show <laughs> <Fact>. <laughs> for our international fact. listeners that's a school in Pretoria that like with CrossFit how can you tell if someone went to Uffie's? they'll tell you um, <laughs> Hi, dita Love you.
0: Oh, all right. So that that changes the dynamic a little bit. But um, uh, I think where we've sort of because we're sort of getting all thrills, um, yeah, which man, is fun. This, uh, but you want something that measures power, speed, and accuracy in balance across a match for shooting skill, and and that's that's important for shooting skill. If the skill is climbing shit and if, if everyone has to climb it, I guess that's slightly different uh, as long as it's not too much of a physical challenge to climb it. But if some people have to climb it and some people don't, or some people have to go prone and some people don't, or some people have to go into a serious lean and some people don't, you're going away from measuring shooting ability. You're starting to measure other things. Um, if everything is close, you're only measuring speed um, or you're potentially only, only measuring speed. Uh, assuming guys can actually hit stuff at that speed, uh, <laughs> for fast stuff you're only measuring accuracy, and 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 there's there's no great
2: balance. Um, yeah. So one thing I just want to point out is that we've spoken quite a lot about balance, and something to keep in mind is that the way you may view a match's balance might be biased in the way that you see your balance. In other words, your skill set. <laughs> So, from my personal experience, there's the majority of the stages that I haven't enjoyed in the past are either because I made a mistake or they've made me uncomfortable because they've exploited something that I needed to work on and improve. So, that's something else to keep in mind as well. Although we've spoken about all these things with balance, which makes sense and they should be there, be aware of how you're viewing balance and that you're not being biased about it.
0: Yeah. So, it's, it.
2: yeah. Sorry
0: to you. You probably shouldn't measure balance of a match based on feel, you should probably look at the average hit factor. Um, And not every stage in a match needs to be a three and a half hit factor. But if the majority of them are like above five, five and a half, something's not probably quite right with the balance of the match. The majority of them are twos or one and a half. Something's not right. If they're up in the twenties, you're on the wrong continent.
1: I'm, I'm honestly less concerned about the hit factor. Um, I think, and and Gaz, you you know the match I mean. I'm not going to say it. Uh, where the entire match was designed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. And at the end of the day, it it wasn't about who could shoot the best. It was who could shoot the best from really stupid positions. Um, who could shoot the best while and and that particular match, if. If you were five foot ten, you had a dramatic competitive advantage over someone who was six foot four, which was never made up anywhere else um so that's something we're gonna be careful of as well that it's not just yes there there is pitching. there's the guys who go, "Oh fuck, I can't believe you made me shoot a popper at fifty meters," or well, oh, can't believe you made me shoot three targets at five meters because it was too close and um but there's also matches where it's it's just the stuff around, um, and, and where you're not you're not measuring shooting skill. You you, you and, and you're not doing it sort of across the board. Yeah, and you, as I say, you know the match. I
2: mean, yeah, no, no, that makes sense, and I think that's a good continuation to what I said for sure. Makes sense. You
1: you should also I th- I think part of this and, and correct disagreement with me if you think it wrong is that you should if you walk away from a stage and you didn't do well, it should be something where you look at this and go, shit, I need to work on this skill, not shit, they designed this stage for a dude who was four foot tall or they designed this stage for a dude who was seven foot tall. Um, if if that's what you're thinking when you're leaving the stage, it's less likely to be that, a, a, as positive as something where you walk on the stage and go, fuck, I need to work my weekend skills or I need to work my swinger skills or whatever. Yep. Yeah.
2: No, that's true. hundred percent.
0: So, yeah, the the important bit there is balance and not, not average. Because if we're looking at averages, the perfect stage would be a nine round, stand in the box with a foot stomp activator, with a target at half a meter and one at 70 meters, with a swinger behind a port that you need to kick open.
2: That's like a pretty good stage. I could shoot that. You can unload it, host it. Hands on, head, fingers interlaced. Un- unloaded, holstered, magazines in the boot of your
0: car. Unloaded. Hands held by your buddy who's on a separate stage.
1: <laughs> um, jokes aside, Corn, before you started shooting, there there was massive drama at the Nationals where one of the, the original courses of fire before everyone threw their toys and made them change it was gun in a box. It's a pistol match, not a shotgun match. Gun in a box, mags and ammo in a box. And on the start signal, you retrieve your magazine, load it, and shoot the stage.
0: (laughs) I remember that. Mm. You know what the problem is with that? The real problem with that is dudes load a lot of magazines. Maybe not the quickest dudes, but they'll be able to load their magazines. I have seen ladies who cannot physically get rounds into their Mm. their mags. They have to fetch an upload or whatever. In order to get those things loaded,
1: you're not that bump you to open skill.
0: What would, would using
1: an abula bump you to open?
0: I don't know. That's an interesting question. <laughs> I no, it wouldn't. So I, I think it wouldn't, as long as it's carried behind the hips before you actually it. I'd bump
1: you to open. <laughs> unless uh, and and if you were if you were a big strong man, I'd bump you to uh, junior. I'm just thinking
0: that <laughs> bump no, you but to you junior. shouldn't. You shouldn't be bumped to open you should be bumped to like a revolver or something
1: <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> so yeah that I don't know how I feel about that as a as a as a concept for a stage
1: I, I know exactly how I feel I think it's fucking idiotic yep that's bit, what I said at the time
0: but were you how many rounds are you required to load into the magazine
1: I think it was a 12 round stage as I recall and if I, so I would have to load two mags. <laughs> exactly See, now that you mentioned that, it does start making... That's a a major fucking disadvantage. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was just... It was... Like with so many things in life, beware the good idea fairy. Yep. Um, Mm. If uh, it was one of those ideas, I think, that someone had, and like, just no. Don't be silly. Stop that. It's
0: where where you're not looking for clever, you're looking for intelligent. Those two things do sound very similar, but they're not the same.
1: And you'll find neither of them on Welcome to the Gun Show.
0: Well, (laughs) um, we're clever occasionally.
1: That should answer your question,
0: Korn. What, Tarek trying to stroke that thing he calls beard is the answer.
1: (laughs) My wife says I'm obsessive about it. Try (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. Uh,
0: It is is magnificent, Tarek, in patches. I'm not sure if he froze or if he's thinking about killing me right now. (laughs) The latter. There we go. He's unfrozen.
1: (laughs) Okay, toddler. Um, I I think this has fallen off the rails and I don't think there's any more good to come out of this discussion.
0: There really isn't. (laughs) Like the good to come out of this discussion probably went away half an hour ago. (laughs) The moment we started mentioning shooting pistol stages with
1: 6.5 Creed. Which yeah, little- that, <laughs> that was the note. And the only good on this show just had his battery die. So it's not just you and I. And you uh, know that That's just the fuck show.
0: Yeah, that's that's where things go completely wrong. <laughs> so, shall we wrap this up, T?
1: I think so. Um, yeah, like- we'd be interested. We'd be interested in what your guys' thoughts are on this. Um, maybe uh posted in the... Um, and you know, welcome to the Gun Show group on Facebook. Uh, the Q&As are back in action. So please send us your questions. We can only answer them if you ask them. Hooray um, for boobies.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, I want to stop Derek right there. Um, <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember, like, comment, subscribe, share. Five-star rating or Garrett will kick you up the club. The guest isn't like he here, so him.
1: at least five stars. Guys, at least five stars, okay? <laughs> okay, Brew. Okay. Five stars or fuck off, okay?
0: You're, 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 you're Garrett East Friends coming out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared from the Bible, son. <laughs> okay, so your own East Friends coming out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you cut me off, boy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No more good can come from this. Later losers.